was about bringing up controversial subjects and a series of quests for strange horrors. It feels good. Guidance is internal. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. Do not think there are things in this universe which you cannot understand and which are true. Welcome to Far Off Topic, Episode 5. For many, the movie The Exorcist set the bar for what we expect from encounters with the devil and his demonic spawn. That template of demonic possession has entered our psyche as the definitive method for how dark creatures attack humans. But what if I told you that template was all wrong? Well, in this episode, Jax and I pull the veil from the greatest conspiracy never told, the true nature behind the phenomenon of demonic possession. Well, that's in the second half. First off, we get into some lighter fare, like vigilantes attacking self-driving cars and the continuing mysteries behind the Gatwick drone incident. With that, I'm your host, Fiasco Jones, and with me, because it's easier just to admit you have a problem, is Steven Jackson, a.k.a. Jax, a.k.a. Mr. Glasses. How is life? More importantly, where the hell have you been? Uh, Life is fine. I've just been sick. Uh, so I've been home and avoiding you, and uh, I've been sick. And so... Uh, you know, it's hard to record a podcast when you can't talk or uh, or you can't breathe. So that's that's generally just where I've been. The holidays were horrible. I imagine. <laughs> uh, enough of that, though. Uh, let's get into some meaty little stories uh, from the near and far. <laughs> So the first one uh, that just came down today that uh, I really think takes the top billing uh, is that uh, this Alex Jones story. So ABC was reporting that six families of the victims killed at Sandy Hook Elementary won a legal victory Friday uh, in their effort against the against Alex Jones. Um, a judge in Connecticut was granted uh, has granted those families discovery requests allowing them to access. Uh, all the marketing and financial documents at Infowars. My first question for you, though, is uh, what <laughs> in a defamation case? What's that gonna? What does that get them? Like the the finance, the marketing and financial documents. What 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 kind of boon is that for them? Well, I, I mean, in a defamation case, what you're what you are what you're trying to prove is that you you did not believe the words that you said, and that you were saying those words for you know whatever the entertainment value is or something along those lines because again what 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 you got to focus on is is with respect to a defamation case you're limiting a person's right to speech so the 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 standard for a defamation case is, is really really narrow like you have to peg some very very strict um very very strict strict set of parameters in order for the, for a defamation suit to go forward. Um, I getting discovery would give them the ability to, to zip through the emails and the financials and, and things of that nature to see if this was a money-making operation on the backs of the people who they were essentially defaming. Essentially they were saying, you know, these are crisis actors, which is, um, horrible. Uh, and so getting being able to get discovery in that it it just also you know moves your case along because you're able to prove whether or not they actually believe the words that they said so like i don't know discover i don't know defamation very well um because it's a tort and i'm not a tort lawyer i'm not a civil lawyer i i do criminal work um but like I remember my torts class where my ju- my uh, judge my 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 professor says uh, the one thing you have to remember with defamation is you'll virtually never get uh, a proper defamation suit if you know, you'll you'll virtually never get sued for defamation if you just preface your statements with I believe so you know I believe Fiasco Jones is a giant jerk uh, would work whereas you know act, reporting it as so we're you're they're they're taking a gamble that Alex Jones in all his insanity is actually very rational person that's just saying this stuff for entertainment's value he does not believe it at all which i think flies in the head of Alex Jones's entire career and like he it's not like he recently went unhinged and right. started kind of spouting off weird shit 
uh, he he's been doing this for years, and it's hard to say that that's, that's just like something he's been doing for marketing. I, I mean, there's certain things that I uh, like I'm interested in, you know, like all this kind of weird shit that we talk about on this podcast, but. I mean, you can tell that I'm not 100% pot committed to UFOs or to ghosts. Um, I'm interested in them. Whereas with him, you could, I I think you could make an, you could, you you assume or guess or hope that he's just, you know, going home with the money and say, and and, and at no point believes anything that comes out of his mouth. But I, I think the latter, the, 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 the other idea is true that, that he actually does every bit of this. Uh, he believes in what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that he believes what he's saying, and and the reason for that is I res- I seem to recall in his divorce he was making um, basically the case. You know, his wife was saying this guy's a lunatic. He should not be anywhere near our kids, and he was basically making the case that it's a bit like that. This is a this is a character he plays, so. I think that the allegation here from from the plaintiff's side who's suing him, if this is a bit and you really don't believe the things that you've said that you're saying, you are causing significant harm to people and and uh, and doing so in a way that would violate defamation laws. I could see that being I, I think that that's what they're going after him on. I feel like what that statement alone, if you had that from a trial couldn't you just use that his own language i mean i feel like that's kind of a slam dunk right there isn't it it depends i mean it you know where was that trial is it the same laws you know can you was he under oath when he said it stuff like that but typically sure yeah Hmm. interesting it would be it would be bad for him if um if this was a bit let's just and i feel like it is a bit but you know it it's going to be bad for him i mean look at defamation cases it Defamation cases are so hard to prove that when it happens, people are like, holy shit. So like when Jesse Ventura won the defamation case against the, the, the you know, right-wing um, sniper guy who uh, wrote oh, about yeah. him in his book, you know, when, when that happened, because it just never happens, especially against a public figure. There's a different standard for a defamation case, for a defamation against a public figure versus a private individual. So... When you're watching defamation cases, they're so hard to prove. But then also, the bur- the the barrier of entry on them are, are is is very high. So the barrier of entry for any federal case is very high. So granting discovery, while it is a big step, it's also you know it, for a case to move forward, you have to grant discovery. So I don't necessarily see this as being like they're gonna win, right? But more of just like. There's going to be some weird. There's going to be some good stuff that might come out of as a result of this. Right. That's, uh, shows that Alex Jones and his Infowars is just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, the other, I, I think you've kind of sort of answered this, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. What does that mean for uh, other kind of speculative podcasts, perhaps like our own? Well, I mean, with any tort, you've got to have a, you've got to have an injury. And, and you've got to have an action and injury and damages. Um, and so, you know, if we go off and, you know, it, for the one that I can think of that, you know, is kind of funny is, is that, oh God, what was it? The woman who emailed me back. Oh, oh yes. About the hollow earth. The hollow earth woman. Okay. You can sue anybody for anything. Let's just, let's just start off with that premise. You can sue anybody for anything because you can, but the the she has to prove significant she would have to prove significant damages because she's you know we we have we still have speech we still have the freedom of speech in this country so defamation is a is a limit on your freedom of speech and so it's got to be something that's published it's got to be false it's got to be injurious and it's got to be unprivileged so is it is what we said false i don't know maybe but even then, like we have to have a belief that it, we have to have a, we have to have knowledge that it's false, and then go forward with it anyway. All right. So I feel I feel like we're safe. Alex Jones might be in legal peril, so which I think he deserves to be in because he's a scumbag for his, for the the crisis actors bullshit and the shit he's put those families through. So yeah. I I'm not shedding a tear for him in that regard. I know there's a lot of people on the kind of fringe, talky talk world that they they see the things that are happening to him. 
and they worry openly that this is their their freezing free speech. Uh, the the standard is so high. The 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 barrier of entry is high. The the facts that you have to overcome in order for even the case to just go forward is super high. I wouldn't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. We shouldn't worry about it. Neither should anybody else. This is me not worrying about it anymore. Uh, all right. And with that, uh, let's move on to nuts and bolts. I think the development of full artificial intelligence. Super Alexa mode activated. Could spell the end of the human race. Shall we play a game? Uh, so some people in Arizona and California are making war with self-driving cars. In Chandler, Arizona in particular, there have been 21 separate incidents involving humans attacking Waymo cars. Now, I, Jax, do you know anything about Waymo? Because I've never heard of a Waymo car. Yeah, it's um, they're, they're fully autonomous. And so they're, they're, they're like a, a town and country style van. Um, and... The, the <laughs> they got you know big uh, lidar on top and cameras and things like that they're they're labeled waymo um but yeah they they are the big 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 autonomous car uh company out there right now and pushing out a lot of very interesting technology right now do they actually take rides like these vans yeah. or are they so mm -hmm. they actually like take fares i don't know if they take fares but you can get in it as far as i know huh. yeah interesting well, apparently, 69-year-old uh, Roy Leonard Hasselton, who, uh, if you see his picture, looks a lot like Santa Claus, might if he retired in Arizona and uh, became a sovereign citizen. Uh, mm -hmm. He stood on his lawn pointing a pistol at the the human safety driver who's inside the, uh, the Waymo car as it passed his home. Uh, he was reported, and the police came, uh, and he told police he wanted the person in the car to be afraid presumably to send a message that self-driving cars aren't welcome. Okay. <laughs> this this is such a good story for me because like I I just love this story. They're owned by Google. They're doing a limited trial in Phoenix. And what I love about this story is because one of my favorite sort of vocabulary entomology stories is the Luddites. Yeah. So like Luddites decided that it would be a great idea back in like the times when uh, factories started getting automated to destroy the automating equipment because they were taking jobs. And so they were deemed these like anti-technology people who were afraid of the technology. And now if you're afraid of technology or don't understand technology, you are deemed a Luddite. This is modern day Luddites. These are modern day Luddites. It's great. It's amazing. Well, it just shows that like that sentiment is not an outlier. That you know, that every generation or so there will be something that comes along where you just say no, 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 put the brakes, put the brakes, put the brakes. It's I think it's just a it's a very fringy form of conservatism, yeah. um, where it's a it's a reaction to progress. It's a reaction to. Like this, I just, this is too much, um, just specifically toward technology. And it, thanks for bringing it up though, because uh, <laughs> you reminded me, I was going to accuse you of being a Luddite. What? Um, yes, because uh, I was going to, because of the CRISPR stuff. And uh, it was in episode three, we were talking about CRISPR and gene editing. And you just had this kind of like a complete aversion to it. And you couldn't really put your finger on it, but you're like, I just don't like it. It just doesn't, it doesn't strike me as the way to go. And it occurred to me that like there's a, there's it's so it's very much the same thing <laughs> as like you know waving your hand and saying this is I don't like this it's just a form of technology except it has a biological component whereas uh, you know old Hasselton over here just sees a a driverless car it's like nah and we don't we don't know his background maybe he was a cab driver yeah, or a, a truck driver. driver put out of business by <laughs> the bastards at google right um but yeah I, I think that like if we look there's there's definitely things in our lives that we could like we we're like you know um uh, subjective uh, Luddites in, in in some degree. So yeah. not that I should not 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 that, that you could condone old Hasselton from brandishing a pistol at anyone, no matter how fucking upset you are about the automated cars. But yeah, it is it is interesting and uh, it's also not unprecedented because apparently uh, uh, there's been other incidents where people have thrown rocks at Waymos. The tire yep. on one was slashed while it was stopped in traffic. 
uh, vehicles have been yelled at. Uh, uh, one was chased by a Jeep. Sorry, one Jeep was responsible for forcing vans off uh, a road six times. So uh, it's like uh, Waymo cars don't provoke so anything happy. in me, but apparently we're getting to that point where uh, people see these things and they're like, nope, it just, it just gets them. Yeah, it, it. I don't get it. I, I, I love it. I mean, I think that it's funny, but, um, but I don't get why you would be freaked out about it. I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless I was a truck driver, and then I actually would be doing everything in my power to uh, try to stop the the experiment at all possible ends. You know, I would sabotage those cars. I would throw elderly people in front of them. Oh, look, that machine killed the woman. Right. Uh, yeah, because uh, at least you have a there. It's more rational in that case. You have a vested interest in stymieing the growth of automated cars because they're right. definitely going to steal your job. Oh, but, they are. Uh, you know, when you look at a map at the most, uh, at, at jobs that are most prevalent, like the industries that are most prevalent in the United States, state by state, they're truck driver jobs. I mean, you know, vast majority are truck driver jobs. So I can see the, I can definitely see the uh, fear that people have towards, um, you know, automated vehicles coming into prevalence in their communities and around the country. But at the same time, I don't understand why we would be uh, pulling guns on an, on an unoccupied vehicle. Yeah, no, it's uh, that. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to say it. It's we, we know, we all know that's just too far. Okay. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Calm the don't F be stupid. down. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Moving on to a uh, new segment, but not really. Uh, we got Odd Normalities. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? From maybe uh, an old podcast we did. Uh, it'll be back. It'll oh, be yeah. Back. Yeah, it, doesn't sound, it sounds a little bit something like... I don't heard of that before. I, I remember, yeah. Curious about unexplained phenomena. The unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. Enter that world of darkness. The first story I wanted to talk about is the Gatwick mystery. Um, if you don't recall, the uh, it was uh, started in uh, last December uh, at Gatwick Airport at the, in the UK. Um, it was December nineteenth. Uh, all air, air fl- uh, all air traffic was suspended uh, when a number of people reported seeing objects flying through the airspace. Uh, many reported the object as a couple of drones. Police responding to the incident couldn't find a thing. Uh, they were for- forced to admit later that they might even have to be blamed themselves because during the initial investigation, they themselves actually l- l- put drones up in the sky searching for drones, I guess. Um, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Two people were ultimately arrested in that whole thing. They were uh, named and shamed, but immediately released when they realized, the cops realized they had nothing to do with it. Um Hmm. Several weeks after the incident, we still have no answers as to who was behind the quote-unquote drone attack, but we do have some interesting leads. For instance, the question, was it even drones? Jax, do you think it was drones? No. <laughs> no? Why? I mean, I, well, I think as we've, I think as we've established throughout the history of this podcast, the, um, the paranormal, the paranormal or uh, UFO-style answer is typically the correct one. That is so, 100% correct. So in this case, I don't... No, I don't think so. I don't think it's... I don't I don't think it's drones. I don't know what it is. I, I, I actually really like this story because it's like, uh, was, it, was it a UFO? Was it drones? Was it small planes? Was it like... Um, was it birds? Birds. <laughs> was it birds? Uh, was, it mo- was it Mothman? Right. Was it... Was it like because uh, it'd be fairies, fey folk, fey folk? Yeah, fairies. And that's the thing, though. That that's what gets me, though, is that. Um, so, like, not doing, moving too far ahead, but yes, there there are people, uh, specifically uh, the dude named Scott C. Warring, who believes that it was a UFO, and that, in fact, no one really saw anything. He thinks there was a, a giant UFO cloaking, and that what they were seeing was the radar signal. Um, and that people just got started getting on a huff. And I will say there's a, one big catch to this is that no, even though about I think it was 115 reports uh, 
of drone sightings to police, including 93 confirmed as coming from credible sources such as law enforcement and air traffic employees, there are no photos of the drones. None at all. Um, and even in the like, uh, you know, social media folks, people with their, their phones, it's mostly about people being angry inside the airport or just confused in the airport. Um, but there's no shots of drones over the airport at all. So that of course begs the question like, well then why are we even calling it drones? You know, like who first reported it as drones? Um, but what I think most people are saying is that there was something there. There was something someone, I mean, I mean the airports probably don't turn off all, uh, uh, flights for birds. I mean, it does beg the question like, what the hell could it be? Am I going as far as uh, Scott C. Warren here and saying it's UFO with a cloaking device hovering over the airport? Mm, probably not. Uh, what but, was it, though? I mean, I'm with you. Like, I'm probably not going down the road of UFO necessarily, but at the same time, why can't it be a UFO? And, I, and if we go back to, like, our earlier kind of, like, baseline for what UFOs are, just unknown phenomena unknown aerial phenomenon that you know that just can't really explain then i would say this actually does classify as being a legitimate ufo but with more data more investigation it could turn out to be something as benign as birds or drone it's just that there's no evidence of that right now and that's the weird thing and i should say that like you said you alluded to the mothman uh what it's a theory that uh, this this woman Haley Stevens came up with. Um, she's a paranormal investigator. Uh, her from her website uh, Haley is a ghost, and she I, I like I mean I feel like we're, she and I or this we we all kind of come to this in the same um, point of view. We all love these stories. Mm-hmm. And we love the like <laughs> it's Mothman, but then it's like well, but let's just calm down. Let's just right. Let's it's got to be Mothman, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and she writes on her uh, uh, blog. It says, "I'm a paranormal researcher who, rather than looking for evidence of the strange, believes that the majority of things have a rational cause. As technologies develop, so too do the ways in which people act irrationally and declare threats, monsters, and spooky meaning where none exist." A case like the Gatwick drone saga can provide rich insight into the tapestry of human response to strange new situations as they unfold. So my curiosity was piqued. I had no idea what I would actually uncover. And then she continues, uh, as she followed the, uh, the, the, the news, is that it's probably essentially just we have a baked-in response for these things. Is that something small and under, you know, it's seemingly yeah. its own influence is hovering over the sky. So our brain says it's a drone. And it may not be, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a uh, it's not like pareidolia, but it is just kind of attributing a thought, a, a cause to something we don't understand immediately. And then when it doesn't fit and it, 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 that causes kind of a crisis in your psyche, you know, it's like, like, wait, wait, it wasn't drones. Ah! It, it must be the Mothman. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, uh, it's gotta be Mothman, um, or swamp gas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what swamp gas is. I've never I don't liked. either. Like, what is it? <laughs> I think it's uh, swamps are just full of methane, and they belch gas and somehow spontaneously combust. And then I guess I don't. I don't know how it would combust. Maybe a firefly uh, just just flaps its wings and poof. And then we're all and dead. Firefly. Yeah, I don't know. Fireflies are. Yeah, they don't cause fire. I understand that. Don't don't yell at me. With that, it's time for a break. Coming up, is America under attack by the Stygian armies of hell? Or is there something else behind the sudden rise of possession cases? I'll give you a hint. Some villains wear white. More when we come back. Hello, this is Catherine. Hi, Catherine. I believe we spoke earlier. Yes, we spoke yesterday after the show. And what are you doing talking to my daughter again? Catherine, I'm very deeply concerned about you personally. This is my daughter and you have no right to her. I'm taking her where she will be safe. You have already admitted to me you planned to sacrifice her on Halloween. You are the enemy. Do you understand me? You've already admitted you planned to sacrifice her on Halloween. If you love your daughter, why are you going to sacrifice her to Satan on Halloween? Because I love her. 
love means that you kill her? You have to give up the things that you love in order to make it in this lifetime, in order to be there for the next. What could you possibly we, say to me? I can say to you what the spirits have already told me. Including Kali the cat spirit who's seeking to interfere right now. Do not interfere in the name of Christ. Do not interfere. Catherine? Yes. I know all about what happened in Wiesbaden, in Germany in the Blood Covenant. How could you possibly know anything about that? That is family history. I know about Stephen Gravinsky and the curse. You have no right to that information. I know about the Book of Shadows and the Listen, safety deposit box. Listen, I don't want to discuss this any Catherine, further. Catherine? You are an infiltrator and no, you not. are going to destroy us. And I am here to see to it that you don't Catherine, my daughter. Do you Ca understand? Catherine, I'm here to help you. I'm here to you help you. You are the you. enemy. You are out to destroy what we've taken yes. so long to build. You have taken seven generations with Baphomet, Malthus, Adremelech, because of my daughter, she is a gifted soul, and she will stay that way. She will be dead on October 31st if you have your way. But her spirit will remain. Exorcism is up in the U.S. as is belief in demons and the devil. Uh, so this idea fell into my lap after reading an article from The Atlantic, and here's the gist. The conviction that demons exist and that they exist to harass, derange, and smite human beings stretches far back uh, as religion itself. A recent, or not, maybe not so, it was recent, Gallup has uh, done polls, and so has YouGov, that roughly half of Americans believe demonic possession is real. Uh, another poll by Gallup showed that the number of people who believe in the devil rose from 55% to, in 1990 to 70% in 2007. Father Vincent Lampert, the official exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, received 1,700 phone or email requests for exorcisms in 2018 alone, uh, by far the most he's ever gotten in one year, I guess according to him. Uh, Father Gary Thomas, who was portrayed in the I would say mediocre movie, The Right, he says that uh, he's gotten at least a dozen requests a week. So, uh, yeah, de de supposedly demonic possessions are up. And I guess so for clarity's sake, uh, there is a distinction. There's two t different types of what you would call demonic possession. One's called demonic oppression, mm -hmm. and the other one's called demonic possession. Mm -hmm. Demonic oppression occurs when a demon pressures a person to accept evil. And demonic, demonic possession is, one, is when one or more demons seize control of a person's body and speak through that person. And that's pretty much what every movie is about. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think that demonic possession is up? Do you think, have you heard more about exorcisms? Uh, and do you even believe in demonic possession? No, uh, I don't believe in it. But I think that, I think that people certainly, I think that some very, prob probably some very well-meaning people do believe in it. So, I'll give it, uh, I won't give it short shrift when that, when that is the case. Uh, I don't know if it's up. I mean, it's certainly, you know, from from the anecdotal evidence that people are that that this article presents, which is a great article that I've linked into the chat. The 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 anecdotal evidence that the article presents says yes, possession is up, and actually, you know, uh, many many people are saying that from the Catholic Church are saying that that possession is up. Do I believe it though? No, I don't. I think that people think that they're possessed. They might be having a panic attack, though. That sure, uh, that sure is horrible. Right. And the thing is, is that the I think one of the caveats to the story has to be the fact that uh, the Catholic Church doesn't release official numbers. Yeah. The two people quoted are just they're just they're they're not even keeping like they're sharing like a ledger of they're just saying. I've done this this many. Uh, I've done a, a dozen a week, but there's no official record anywhere that says, you know, oh yeah, the Catholic Church has done X amount. They're just, I feel like, hmm, they're just, uh, it, I don't know. It, I'm gonna get to my thesis at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of my red flags in the back of my head. It's like, uh, how. How do you know if you're not keeping official? Like, if there's no record of it, you're just coming out and saying, "No, no, no, no! Trust me, this is a crazy year, 2018. Uh, demonic possessions are up. Uh, going into 2019, I mean, 
probably the apocalypse. Are they, I mean, I don't know anything about how the Catholic Church handles exorcisms, though, and, and how they track exorcisms. And I feel like that there's certain priests who, and this is this could be completely wrong, but certain priests who perform exorcisms and, like, there might be some sort of, um, some sort of, you know, bias there, whereas other priests might never perform an exorcism because they just don't, you know, don't necessarily believe in it so much. Um, I'm curious, if, do you think that's a thing? Rephrase the question. I feel like in certain situations, priests are fairly independent to, to run their, run their church how they see fit. Um, you know, obviously the canons of the Catholic church have to be, you know, preached, but I think that if certain priests are, are looking for exorcism, are looking for possession, one would assume naturally that they're going to see it. Oh, right. If they, if, if they like see everything, if, if, if they see everything as a nail, they're going to want to hammer it or I can't remember how the phrase yeah. goes. But, uh. Well, the thing is, with the, I would say that might be more true with the Protestant faiths because I don't think there's a, a, a such a rigid structure. In fact, I think that some Protestant faiths probably lean into the demonic possession thing a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, almost as a like a rite of you know uh, passage or whatever. <laughs> uh, but the Catholics actually, and they have a full on like exorcism rite, and you uh, you can't actually just be like you can't just go into your church and say or and say I, i'm a demon inside me um get, get rid of it he would then refer you to well first actually they there's a whole process it's actually uh they, they would first do a process called discernment where they and i think that's probably a liability thing now but uh, what they do is basically they give you a mental and a physical exam i'm sure they send you off to you know professionals and see if you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I imagine again. I think it's good, again, for liability purposes. Um, they probably just say, "Okay, well, make sure that you're not, you know, schizophrenic, that you're not, you know, bipolar, or you know, this any other myriad of physical or mental uh, handicaps that may be at play here." It's only after you pass those uh, examinations and there's nothing obviously wrong with you, uh, and you still exhibit these. I guess possessed demonic uh, attributes uh, that they then say, okay, well, we'll refer you forward. And if you're wondering what are the four qualities that a, a priest would look for, an exorcist would look for when deciding if you are possessed, and you can do the, the, this checklist at home if you want to. Uh, one, a facility in a language that you've uh, never learned. So obviously, if I start speaking Spanish tomorrow, could be possessed. Um, even though I should, and this is a great shame that I don't know Spanish, um, uh, physical strength beyond your age or condition. So, and obviously not, not because you've been going to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this one, I think is hard to uh, ascertain, but access to secret knowledge. Um, I, I, I don't think they mean like the tomes of the CIA. I think it's some kind of like the handshake, you know, esoteric secret knowledge right um so uh, that one's tough tough. i mean i'm sure that that's where the the a lot of the training comes for an exorcist is determining what the secret knowledge is and uh last but probably not least and probably foremost in any exorcisms uh exorcist's mind is a vehement aversion to god and sacred objects including crucifixes and holy water um and i feel like that's really if you've ever watched the movies Yes, that's a big part. You know, you hold up the, the crucifix. If someone goes goes nuts and starts cussing or climbing the walls, might be a demon. So, or <laughs> or an atheist <laughs> doesn't want to be oppressed by your religion. Uh. I mean, I mean, the, other than the secret knowledge one, which is tough to to, to get to, I think that uh, some of these could be explained away. But yeah, so yeah, the Catholics do have a process. They have, they, I mean, they have a full on uh, exorcism. Right. So yeah, I don't think that it's, it's that they're so willy nilly to get into it. But I think you're you're you do get onto this idea that, especially in the article, and I would refer people to go to the show notes, um, which I'm going to put on uh, our website. It's actually the Odd Normal website, but that's where all this. Rather than get a far off topic website, I'm just lazy. Uh, I'm just going to put it on there. But yeah, the show notes will be there, and I, I encourage everyone to 
read this article because it's very, very, very interesting as it breaks everything down very well. But it introduces you to this woman who says that she has been possessed by demons multiple times. And this that that's kind of what makes me wonder, like, what the hell's going on? On a kind of a uh, less of a theological level, but more of a, is she really possessed by demons? Or is this her way of getting attention, acting out, feeling wanted, feeling, you know, because it's happened multiple times in her life. And even at the end of the article, when she supposedly she'd been just been exercised for her umpteenth time, she was like, you know... It comes and it goes. Like, how how does that work? I mean, how, like, I mean, look, the demons aren't going to tell you how it works. It just works. I guess so. But I mean, I feel like then you really haven't created a. For instance, if you, my computer kept getting viruses just because it was just being a computer and I'm doing my podcast and it just gets viruses and I take it to the computer shop and I say, get rid of the computer viruses, just make it clean. And they're like, okay. Um, I, and I just don't do anything with it. And it just keeps getting viruses from the air. Um, I'm going to have to question the process. Are you really getting rid of the virus or just, or, or just handing it back to me and not right. doing anything? So either this woman's a revolving door for demons, she's just so susceptible, whatever about her, even though I'm imagining part of the the right is to get rid of uh, all your, like, quote-unquote, occult materials, tarot cards, amulets, pagan symbols, uh, healing crystals, birthstones, um, because those are the doorways. So if you've created this kind of boundary around yourself against the demons— you should be good, right? Like, I feel like that should you should be able to live your life once you've had your first exorcism— if you if you stay right with God, that should be your protection. But apparently not. This woman just keeps getting, you know, hit, 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 hit. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, weird. I, I, I'm gonna guess that she doesn't. That she's not possessed. I'm just gonna take a guess <laughs> that she's not possessed. And maybe she has like panic attacks, or, um, well, shit, panic attacks. If you have panic attacks, like I get panic attacks. You know this, mm-hmm. and uh, they are horrible. It's the worst thing that will ever happen to you. It feels like you're dying. And when you have like panic disorder, like what I have, uh, you'll have your panic attacks and then you'll have another one and then you'll have another one and then you'll have another one. And it continues like that until you either get on some type of medication that relieves the symptoms or you, I don't know, kill yourself or die. And I could see the absolute i don't want to say rage but that's the that's the word that just comes to mind because it's rage inside your mind when you're having these 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 events they're horrible now i'm sorry to cut you off but like would it could it take on a theological like theme like would you like in a midst of a panic attack would you start lashing out at your neighbors and, and your family members and take on the affect of a, uh, a demon during a panic attack? Is that, is that, or is that just, I don't know. Like that's never happened to me, but, um, I could see people freaking out. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's as if your, your fight or flight is triggered for some reason. And it's as if you are dying, you feel like you're dying. And, I think people react to everything differently. So I could certainly see someone, you know, using this sort of flight, fight or flight response as being in a very violent way. I mean, shit, I've been very, I've been somewhat violent when I'm having a panic attack. Mm. Just because, you know, people are trying to like calm you down, maybe hold you down even. And that's just the last thing you want. And so. Is it is it a is it a demon and you need to be exercised or is it like a mental health issue? I'm gonna say it's the latter. Well, I mean, and I guess I would be inclined to believe that too. But then you have to say, well, then someone on the professional side of the discernment process is uh, fucking up. Come on. And that, I mean, I will say though that uh, this does kind of lead into one of my speculations about this is that. Uh, it may not be mental illness. It may just be a, a very healthy person that something else in their life is messed up. You know, like they've, uh, the wheels are falling off and they're, they're essentially acting out. 
And so, yeah, they wouldn't have any, a mental health issue. But something is broke. Something has broke, and they're essentially acting out in a very particular way, probably in a way that uh, growing up or culturally seems appropriate. Like so, like if you know, if world's not making sense to you and everything's hitting you at the same time, you might feel oppressed by God or demons or the devil. And as things just build and build and build, you start getting worked up. And it's kind of a the, the exorcism essentially is a it's a I mean, I guess it's not a very charitable way of saying it, but it's a kind of like religious LARPing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a way of like getting the people who speak the same language, which is religion or Catholicism or gods and demons, and getting them into a room and saying, okay, we're going to cast the demons out. And after this, you'll be healthy. You'll be good. And then you can have, a, and they come out and they're like, I got exercise. I feel good. I guess there's a placebo effect to it. You know, it's like a mind over matter. Um, it's a religious situation, a solution to a worldly matter, which is your life's falling apart. They're still not necessarily addressing the things that may be oppressing you in the world, but for the moment you feel good. And that would probably explain why people see, keep getting possessed because you're, you're, you're going to this for, and the other thing, part of the reason why I think this theory may have some grounds to it is that the average exorcism only lasts an hour and which is contradictory to, what we see in movies in movies you have those demon possessions and i I, obviously those the movies are about the the big ones um where there are you know days and weeks and you're really battling the devil uh the average exorcism lasts an hour and you're out it's like a you know it's a uh you walk in you walk out done um which again i think leads into that idea that they're providing a service to one of their clergy not clergy, the one of the some of their their, their congregation, um, just kind of get get them back into society, be constructive again. But in the end, they're not really fixing whatever it is that's that's nope. loose, you know. Yeah, which is why she keeps having possession problems. I mean, I, I mean, that's to say that, that that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is it like, yeah, she keeps having possessions because whatever's going on in her real life, it's not being fixed. It's just you know, it's uh, uh, and. Sadly, or maybe I don't know. Maybe part again. Part of religion is that they 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 think that you know there's such things as habitual sin and family curses, and um, they recognize that most of the people who come in for exorcisms may have a history of sexual abuse, uh, and they actually scratch their heads in the article. They're like, and it's strange that uh, a large number of the people who seek uh, uh, exorcisms are uh, sexual abuse survivors. Like eighty percent of those people are sexual. Um, so. Again, they're you know the, these people. It's a a welling up of emotions uh, of an unresolved issue, and it's funneled through this cultural uh, prism that is their religion. Um, so, and then obviously they they think I think there's a strength behind that too because um, if you give power to this thing like your religion, if you think that it can do those things, I think it can make you feel good really 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 good um if you just kind of like give into it surrender to it and for a moment i'm sure that you will feel like ecstasy i mean i mean christ look all the stories of the saints when they like surrender to god it's this moment of pure ecstasy so i think that yeah when you kind of like release and have that moment it feels fantastic uh unfortunately though you still have these issues that you're and obviously because you haven't addressed them you call them demons you call them the devil you haven't really you're really addressed What's mm-hmm. actually going on? I, it's mental. I mean, at the end of the day, I still think it's just mental illness. I mean, it's, it's, you know, people, people suffering from a mental illness, and untrained professionals who are far too in over their heads to know how to deal with it properly. The one thing about the demonic possession, mm, uh, what do you call it? Concept that really just rankles me and i don't think is given enough thought is uh the the function of it like the like what why do demons do this if we i mean just accept it <laughs> just just, it just laying it on the ground uh. saying like we, i'm gonna for the moment for this argument i'm gonna say demons are real god's real uh the devil is real they're all real um and demon demonic possession is real demonic oppression is real my question then is, uh, why do it? Like, what is the 
what is the purpose of demonic possession? And I think that most people would say it's the devil trying to like make a beachhead into our world to drive a soul away from God and to, you know, capture that soul to because it, it, there's a background, there's a war between God and the devil, and they're essentially trying they're vying for souls, human souls, and I guess in the end, someone will win if they get more souls. I don't, I'm not sure if there's actually an end game to it, but let's just assume there is. And if that is the goal, if that is the goal, why would demonic possession be your like your vehicle of choice to like like to do that? You know. I don't know. Like, it doesn't... You're right. It doesn't make sense. Um, I think that it... I don't know. I mean, we're arguing... We're really debating about Christianity, which is, you know, if people are Christians, that's great. Uh, I I certainly respect your your right to practice whatever religion that you choose, save the notion that you should be able to um, practice a religion that's going to harm other people. But we're really debating about Christianity and in, in and attempting to make it rational, and it's just not rational. No, I don't think we are. I, I actually no. I think this is so narrow. I don't think that we are debating Christianity because I'm actually taking those things as 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 real. I have actually a different beef. (laughs) Uh, I have a completely different beef entirely. And it actually stems less from religion and more with movies and the way that that demonic possession is portrayed. Because I think there's just a massive logical fallacy in the whole process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And I will say, uh, I I forgot to get to this earlier, but um, it is interesting. There's something about when you talk about demons and the devil, that is just like, it's very potent for people, you know? Like, it, like you can, if I, if I say UFOs to 90% of the people in my building, they'll be like, you're an idiot if you believe in UFOs. Uh, Sasquatch, the same thing. You bring up demons and everyone's got a story, everyone has a belief, you, you consider, if you open up a Ouija board, it's your work of, uh, place of work or your home, People are like, what the hell is that thing? The most rational people will be like, I that skeeves me. That skeeves me out. Let's just not, just on the safe side, let's just not fuck with it. Right. Uh, that, that part interests me too, is that like, there's something about that subject that is very, it has a, like a, it just, uh, there's a, a, a it's a, a red line that people are just very frightened to cross. I mean, obviously, there's lots of atheists that love to jump over that line and dance on it. Uh, but like for other people who are just kind of like agnostic or um, have never really affiliated with anything, they do respect this like this idea of the demonic. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they. they I think that, but I, I mean, I do it. I do it myself because what you end up doing, it, what you end up finding is. Um, you know, you want to respect other people's beliefs. At the end of the day, you want to respect other people's beliefs and and religion, especially there. You know, if a person is is uh, Protestant or they're you know Catholic or whatever, uh, you want to respect their belief. You don't want to you know trample all over it. And at the same time, but at the same time, like the, I think that there's this ingrained fear that we all have of this of the of the the demon and the devil and and all of that uh yeah it's a very like a, a primitive fear it's like a very it primitive fear that is very still lingers primitive. it's like yeah and you can't pin, put your finger on it you don't know why it's there uh, shit i mean i have it you know and it's like i don't want to play with a ouija board but i would i wouldn't bat an eye at it but it it would still be like oh god here we go you know, I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> the Ouija board challenge. Uh, I, I even just saying this and I was I, I wasn't necessarily making fun of people. I was just I just I'm fascinated by the idea about this. The demonic. I don't know if I would fuck with a Ouija board. I think I kind of would. But I, I would actually have reservations, even though um, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Huh. I, I say that right now. And I'm like, what would I do if it was a Ouija board? Um, I don't know. Not that I, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing because again, it's there's this like primitive reaction. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think there, there should be a Ouija board challenge. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, the, uh, when, when you're here for the wedding, <laughs> we'll do a Ouija board challenge. No, we can't do that. Mean Green will murder us. That's funny. Uh, but uh, getting back to my thesis, if you will, uh, which is not really uh, poking fun at religion per se. It is really attacking this notion or this the classic notion of demonic possession and i guess it has multiple parts so i guess bear with me um like i said it starts off with uh the logic of why if the devil's goal is to attract or steal souls would he use possession as his tool two why is our all his victims the the majority of all demonic possession victims are they're not people in power they're not people uh leaders they're not they're you know they're not anyone of really uh, any circumstance they're just lay people uh average joes three the act of being possessed so essentially the way it goes is that um the devil or one of his lesser minions inhabits the body of a random person and then immediately notifies everybody nearby of the infiltration by acting like a maniac. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> like, I mean, like, everyone around you is like, you're possessed by a demon. And they're not like, hooray, you're possessed by a demon. They're terrified. Yeah. Um, so, how does that advance the devil's goal of attracting new souls? If anything, that reminds you, if you were on the fence, like, again, these people who are unaffiliated that uh, may have, uh, maybe working on Ouija boards, they may do any other stuff, experimenting with different, like, uh, modes of religion. If one of their friends all of a sudden becomes possessed by a demon, do you think they're going to be like, oh, it worked. <laughs> uh, let's, let's keep moving forward uh, with our occult sciences. They'd probably stop. They'd probably stop and reconsider what they're doing. Which gets to really the the arc of my thesis is that it sounds like these are the goals not of the devil but of God and His angels. That the person who benefits most from oh god from <laughs> making people possessed is God, because look at every single es- uh, exorcism movie. The message at the end is usually God triumphs, the devil is evil. And go pray. Uh, pray for your own goddamn soul. Uh, that's that's just propaganda for God. I mean, that's... that's that, So my... And I've actually said this uh, to, to Mean Green before, who called me a heretic, but uh, and her mom, who used to be a nun. Uh, oh, they, Jesus they, they, they're, they're not takers on this idea. But because uh, my theory is that uh, essentially God has a elite task force of angels who he then sends down to inhabit the bodies of these vessels, and they're willing vessels. Usually they're of some religious background because they, essentially they know to go to a priest to get exercised. Um, and then they act out, and they act out in their communities, and everyone sees this, and they reaffirm their commitment to the religion. And I feel, I mean, it's not like anyone after a possession is like, woo, let's go sacrifice some babies to Moloch, you know? Right, it's always a, reconf- right. a reaffirmation of religion that's my take that's my hot take (laughs) i'm not touching that hot take i'm sorry i'm just not (laughs) you puss you're a total (laughs) puss uh (laughs) it makes sense and i i think i feel like uh they're the, the the two goals are misaligned and i would also say that we actually don't know anything about the devil from the devil. There are no books written from the perspective of the devil, like from antiquity, the same like you'd have from the patriarchs, the the prophets, uh, uh, or the apostles. Um, you can argue that none of like some of the patriarchs were fictitious or whatever, but uh, you don't have uh, a, a book written by you know the devil uh, or Lucifer, as he would have been called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't exist. Well, and that's also contributes because. Uh, the if you've read ever read Elaine Pagel's book The Origins of the Devil, which is a fantastic read, I encourage everyone to do it. Uh, the idea of the devil has been evolving for millennia. But my point is, is that 
all we know about the devil is what the guy who doesn't like him said. You know, right. like well, we're best, fr- we're, we're best like friends. A, isn't there like a a, a, a sh- like a, a play about that? Like uh, how the devil got a raw deal? Paradise Lost. Mm. Milton. Maybe. I no, think it's Paradise Lost. I mean, I mean, I'm not. Th- I'm thinking of something more modern. Oh. Well, I mean, well, I mean, in antiquity, I mean, there's tons of stuff. Like, there's Luciferians now. Uh, I mean, there's the Church of Satan, which isn't really a satanic in the way that we think that people think that it is. It's a, it's actually an atheist group that's trolling Christians, really. Um, but nothing in antiquity where we actually know what the devil was is about. And in the cases where there was speculation about like the the nature and the motives of the devil you actually had the gnostics which were a, a, a proto or pre-christian um group that actually was contemporaneous with what is now modern day catholicism uh it used to just be a bunch of guys who had a lot of different views on religion and out of this you had groups that believed that the material universe was garbage and it was created by what we call with the Christ, the i guess the soon to be uh, orthodox catholics were calling god these guys said that that is actually the devil and the serpent in the garden was the the breaker of chains he was the one that went to eve and said eat the apple because if you remember your fucking bible class which you probably don't um the tree in the garden of eden was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you were and for whatever reason god said don't eat that fruit so he didn't want you to know the difference between good and evil, which if you don't know the good the difference between good and evil, you're a slave, you're an automaton, you're just you're you're blissful ignorance. You know, you're not a human being. So the serpent showed up and said, "No, idiot. <laughs> Eat the fucking fruit, become a human being." He essentially was a uh uh Prometheus type figure that brought knowledge to these people. So the Gnostics incorporated that into their worldview and said, uh, yeah, the serpent was good, and you have these kind of like <laughs> this mix of ideas. But that's really the only like kind of counterpoint, and it's really not. There's no like, gospel of Lucifer. There's no gospel of the serpent um, to get anything to pull that you know more from the mindset of of you know that perspective. It's just we just know one the the God's point of view. Obviously, he's selling the image of that poor little snake. Well, <laughs> two hot takes in one podcast. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing on this topic. <laughs> God, I silenced you. I know. Well, so wait. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't get. Uh, you've had this rundown for at least a week, maybe not two weeks. Yeah. And this is all I get. <laughs> well, I you know I went through it. And uh, I have some ideas. I have some points, but I'm getting mowed over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, okay. okay. The floor is yours. No, I'm Give good. me some points. I'm good. What? What? what no. What? I, I already, already said my points. stuff. I already said what I wanted to say. I think it's. I think it's probably mental illness. I said what I said at the beginning, and uh, and. So you don't you don't agree with me on the point that it could be a, a covert op by the angels? I don't. I don't, because I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. So, <laughs> well, you know, you if, don't have if, to be a, a theist to to see my point of view. Uh, I think that I think there's a logic in what I'm saying. Do, do, is there a logic to what I'm saying, or am I, or do you, the, am I off base here? If the argument that I placed out for you uh, is that, does that seem like? <laughs> is there logic to the notion that there's that it's angels? And I mean, yeah. Let's just in a vacuum assume that exorcisms are real and that what is happening to people is a par- is a paranormal thing entering their body. Yes. And taking over and making them act like batshit crazy. The notion that it is the devil or his minions does not make sense. I will certainly agree with you on that. And it makes far more sense that it is not the devil, but rather the the Donald Trump God that you have created, who uh, is gaslighting the world and 
wants the and, and is trying to basically scare you and everybody who hears your goddamn story into getting their asses back to church. That makes far more sense than the devil being a dick. But again, we're operating in the vacuum that this sort of thing actually happens. It happens, Jax. All right. It I, happens. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it does. I I feel like we just I just broke news today. I, I feel like this people are gonna hear this and it's gonna make sense. Obviously it doesn't make sense to you because you're a heathen, uh-huh. you're an unbeliever. Right. Um you have no imagination. But uh this is uh this is it. This is I, I mean this is breaking it open, Jax. This is breaking it wide open. The the possession, the demonic possession conspiracy uh is over. You know, I've cracked it. It's it is, and it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it could, we, it's the Demiurge, people. The Demiurge. Welcome to Gnosticism. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Open your Gnost, your Nagamati Bible, people. Open it up. It's all there. That's fantastic. All right, well, I silenced you for the first time yeah. uh, on a podcast. You so. did. It's great. I mean, that's literally never happened before. I kind of feel guilty. I feel like I, uh, even though, again, I don't because, again, you've had this rundown. Well, it doesn't matter. For like two weeks. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You've worked yourself into the frenzy. Yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Frenzy. Uh, Yeah. So, either way, that is all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for us. We'll be back after the break. We're not just dealing with the occult, we're dealing with murder, we're dealing with crime. Catherine, you cannot commit murder in the name of Satan and call it good. I know all about you drinking her menstrual fluid. I know about you cutting her and drinking Listen, her that blood. that is none of your business. Catherine, it I know... It's a family affair. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I know about Estelle. I know about the pentagram under her breast. This is Your daughter's breast. I don't have to sit Catherine, how, if I, Catherine, if I were not sent by God, how would I know all this? If God had not allowed me to find it out, how would I know? You're a shaman. I'm not a shaman. If I you will don't. put this phone down. I Catherine, cannot hang up, but I will Catherine, put it down. If Catherine, in the name of Christ, we call back to that phone who should come. Rebecca? What? Listen to me carefully. My mommy says we have to go now. No, don't, don't, don't hang up the phone. They plan to kill you on October 31st. Your own mother has admitted it. She doesn't know what she's saying. She does know what she's saying. She is a Satanist and she believes she will be doing good for the devil. You are the chosen one. They are the sacrifice. The pentagram. Who interferes? Who interferes? Well, Baphomet, what are you doing here? You must be very frightened the top dog wouldn't show up unless you were threatened. This is mine. She is not yours. If she was yours, she never would have called yesterday. I cannot help what your God does. Our God... More powerful, but we will hang on until the end. You cannot defeat our God. You cannot defeat our God, Baphomet. All right, we are back. Um, so, what are we doing about the streaming, by the way? So, I guess we streamed episode three. We streamed this episode. Some of it. Oh, I turned of it. it. I turned it off because I was getting a lot of hits, so it was difficult to stream. Oh, okay. So, I guess it's still in the experimental phase, you would say. Yeah. Um, and how would we? we would, uh, how do people see this dream if they want to see this dream in the future? Twitch.tv slash Captain Jacks four five eight. And I guess we we will have to tweet or something. Yeah. Because we don't do this on a regular schedule, so yeah, I, mean, exactly. probably, I doubt we ever will. Sure. <laughs> uh, like will. Fridays at nine o'clock. Uh, it'll, it's, <laughs> it'll. That's. I mean, we'll try to hit that, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be a Wednesday. We largely got it one today, PM. so we're in good shape today. We're one weekend. Yes, yes, right. One weekend. It's not like that could go poorly next week. Either way, yeah, so, all right. So, yeah, well, uh, I guess we'll, uh, in the future, we will try. We're trying the streaming thing out. Um, I don't know how if I, I, mean, I kind of like the idea that we're streaming to nothing because. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm literally in a closet. It's just not, it's not very, um, 
visual, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, it's kind of, kind of, kind of sad situation here. Either way, uh, as always, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Far Off Topic and at Far Off Topic Show uh, on other places. Uh, the show is now available on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. Comment and rate if you feel compelled to. And of course, as always, thank you for listening. And until you hear from us again, so mote it be. So mote it be. Off topic.